welcome to Keep It Ghosty. We're so excited Hello. to have you join us for our first episode. Yay! I'm, number one. Yeah, number one. I'm your co-host, Rebecca Collins. Hello, I am your co-host, Katie Lale. Uh, so welcome, everyone. Thanks for listening. We're going to start out talking about a little bit about uh our own belief in ghosts I think yeah Katie do you believe in ghosts <laughs> I think I do I think I do um okay. if I didn't believe in ghosts then I like I wouldn't be scared right that's okay. not how it works I uh <sighs> I guess so I'm not sure if it works that way <laughs> because not- I would say I'm skeptical but mm-hmm. I I can I can scare myself Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's easy. Like, it's yeah. easy to get to have your imagination run away. Yes. With you. Yes. My dad was like a big skeptic, and my mom had a near death experience when she was two and believes in guardian angels. So I kind of grew up with a foot in each camp. But if I had to fall into one camp, I probably would fall in the believer camp. So this podcast will kind of be some exposure therapy for me <laughs> as we're like visiting, we're visiting and staying at haunted yes. Because that, so this first season of Keep It Ghosty, we're calling it Haunted Hospitality. And we're going to be visiting places that you can also visit in Minnesota. So hotels, restaurants, some other exciting uh, spots, some bars. Um, Rebecca, do you believe in ghosts? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So my gut says I have to say no, (laughs) but I am very curious. I am really interested in paranormal stories of paranormals. Mm. Um, Me Me too. I like ghost stories. I think I'm always hoping that something will happen to me. <laughs> and I think one of the goals of this podcast is I was like, well, put myself in these positions and maybe something amazing will happen. And then I'll understand like what everyone's talking about that has these experiences. Um, one thing I find find frustrating about people that believe or have had these experiences is they always say, Oh, well, if you haven't had an experience, it's because you're not open. Oh, you know, you're not, yeah, you're not, yeah. you're not yeah. like, I don't know, like open. You're not picking up the vibe mm-hmm. or whatever. <laughs> you're a non-believer. So of course the ghosts aren't going to show themselves to you. But I am going to say for all the ghosts listening to this podcast <laughs> that I am open. Yeah. I am open. I and willing to, I mean, I want to have contact if contact can be made. Yeah. But I will forewarn everyone by saying that I'm probably the skeptic of the two of us. Yeah. And, and yeah. more likely to be like, that is bullshit. <laughs> I think part of me is like a little scared to be open, but I oh. am try. I will, I am trying to be okay. present and open. Right. Because we'll I- see what happens. Right. So yeah, everyone says. Now, I think that um, the places that we're visiting, because they're open to the public, I probably find them less scary. Mm-hmm. 
because they're mm. a public place. Right. Even yep. if you're there when no one else is there or you're there at night, I feel like it, there's still an aspect of, the, of a public place. Now, I might feel differently if it was a haunted house and no one was there. and Someone's like, hey, ladies, would you like to stay in my haunted house <laughs> for the night? And I had to put like a sleeping bag on the floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not... I'm not sure I would love that. So it's advanced. It's advanced. And I, and that's what gives me pause. Cause I'm like, if you don't believe, right. Why would you be <laughs> worried about <sighs> staying in this house? It would just feel uncomfortable. I also think like outdoor stuff at night could be mm. a little terrifying to me. Mm-hmm. So, um, cemetery at night doesn't sound that appealing to me no Uh, yeah I don't have you ever had a paranormal experience I haven't I've been racking my I was like is there something that happened when I was a kid yeah I could offer up yeah I haven't had anything like that have you um minimal so the only thing that came to mind was I was on a trip to England in the late 90s, the 1990s. No, the 1890s. <laughs> I'm actually a ghost. I was traveling by stagecoach <laughs> to Dracula's castle. And I had a, I saw a ghost. Okay, wait, sorry. You're, you're it's in okay. England. You're no in apologies. England. Uh, I was at Hampton Court Palace, which is supposed to be very haunted and I was with a friend and we were in like the great hall we were far away from the door and kind of looking at stuff and then all of a sudden the door the door to the room like slammed like hard and we both just like jumped out of our skin okay Um, maybe our you know maybe we had read something about it being haunted our imaginations were getting carried away from us okay who knows could have been wind yeah, Could I mean, have been I think the door snapper move, but I remember feeling, oh. feeling that sense of like, you know, okay, ghostliness. Okay, I mean, I yeah. think a lot of so, I think a lot of times if people have paranormal, they say they'll like justify it or they'll say like, mm-hmm. oh, mm-hmm. it was the wind. Yep. yep, they'll try to rationalize it, which yeah. is you know a good thing to do because you don't want to be like every time there's a noise in your house. <laughs> you don't want to be the person who's like, oh, the ghosts are here. <laughs> uh, um, I never, yeah. um, I've never had anything happen in my house. Mm-hmm. I live in an old house. I mean, old by American standards. So like 1908. And I know that people have most likely died in my house mm-hmm. because people used to die yeah. at home. Yep. And I've just never had any feeling of anything like that. Um, my house is pretty small, but it's like a cozy little place where I always feel safe and comfortable. So yeah, same. Yeah, I don't have those kind of I haven't had those kind of issues. Although I will say that when I was when my husband and I were house hunting, we went into a couple places where mm. immediately I was like, no. Yes, yes. And that's an interesting um ex- that's an interesting thing to explore because I don't know what it was. Mm-hmm. I do believe that places have an atmosphere and a feeling and a vibe. Yeah. And there's 
there have been times when I've been places where I've been like, I, I just need to get out of here. Mm -hmm. I don't like it here. Like a bad, like an energy, a bad energy. It's something, it's something weird. You know, it's like something in the air. It feels weird. And I don't know what that is, but I have had those feelings and often have those feelings and try to honor those feelings. So like when we were looking at houses and I went into a house and it felt like that, I was like, nope. (laughs) can you imagine being like well let's make our home here oh i can't this creepy (laughs) place so there's that that's the only thing i can offer up i wish i had something more exciting but maybe through this podcast (laughs) you and i will have exciting tales to tell yes who knows right which brings us to our first (laughs) haunted place which is Minneapolis's most famous rock club, <laughs> First yeah. Avenue. Woo-hoo! Uh, and yes, we visited First Avenue on a private tour. <laughs> we did. It was we great. We have now seen every nook and cranny except the men's bathroom. Mm, that's true. Right. So just I'm going to start out with history of First Avenue. Okay. For everyone that doesn't know. You know, what is this place? Uh, if you have heard of it, it's most likely because of Prince. Mm-hmm. Because Prince um, played at First Avenue many times before he was known internationally as Prince and then filmed Purple Rain at this club. And so that's probably how you know First Avenue. But I'll give you a little history. Yeah. Um, when, when was it built? Or so, was it always was it always a rock club? Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is probably the most important thing about this building, is that in uh, 1937, this the building opened as a great the Northland Greyhound bus mm-hmm. depot. So cool. this opened it opened as a bus depot in February of 1937, and it was a big deal because it was this. Art Deco style. It was really modern and beautiful in terms of travel centers for the time. And it had a lot of luxuries like public phones. A shower. (laughs) Shower rooms. (laughs) Air conditioning. Oh, yes, that's right. Um, And it just, I think it was more beautiful than a lot of buildings of the time would be if they were just a bus station. So there was like chromium trim chandeliers and the terrazzo floor that still exists yes um so amazing that's so cool that it's the original floor i love it yep and there's a there's a curved wall that is um facing first ave and and that's still there and that was like a big like it was just a beautiful bricked wall Uh, i think you're you know in that style you're gonna have a lot more curves and um Mm -hmm. yeah so so that was a big deal. Um, and that's where a lot of this, this ghostly history is kind of centered in that this was a you know, a tr- bus station, a lot of people traveling in and out. All a hub. A hub. A, hub. <laughs> a ghostly yes. hub. Right. Well. So, uh, oh, I will say it's important to say that before it was the bus depot, it was most likely at some point in time, a place where animals were kept. Um, 
they were like kept there in pens on their way to the slaughterhouse. Oh boy. So like in the very, very early times of the club, like of the, sorry, of the city, it was a place where they would hold animals. I think they would then be taken off somewhere else to Mm. be slaughtered. They weren't slaughtered on site. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is important. We'll get to this, but this is important (laughs) because people do hear animal sounds in the basement where the pens would have been. Um, Mm. So that's an important part of it too. And then in 1968, um, it was purchased. The... The bus depot was purchased because the Greyhound relocated Mm -hmm. and um, then it was purchased by a Minneapolis native named Alan Fingerhut, (laughs) heir heir to the the Fingerhut mail order catalog. (laughs) I don't know if you know that, but it was like a big deal. I remember the website. I don't think I ever got the catalog. Okay. I remember hearing about it or seeing an ad for it. Yeah, I think it started in the 40s. So it would have been Alan Fingerhut's father okay. who started this business. And then I am not sure if Alan Fingerhut ever worked in the business, but he definitely benefited from the business. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because by the time he was 25, he had enough of a inheritance or access to wow. money that he bought... <laughs> Um, building the building with a partner Danny Stevens Danny what Danny brought to the table was not money but a liquor license Hmm. so he they became the first and only venue in downtown Minneapolis with that was a rock club that played live music and Mm -hmm. had alcohol oh nice that was a big deal yeah big deal uh the first night was april 1970 and the headliner was joe cocker (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing i think he was a big deal at the time does he have a star on the side so one thing about first (sighs) avenue that you right you for sure know if you live in minnesota but um maybe not is that um there are stars painted yeah. on the outside of the building um and princess star is gold now but most of the stars are still sil- all the other stars are silver of well, artists that have you how often they change the stars though they don't change um, princess i feel like princess star is forever yeah they paint them they repaint them every 10 years i oh. think so it's not very often but i think um it's more than just you have performed there. It's like if you've performed there, but also kind of contributed to. Oh, like the greatness. Know. Yeah. <laughs> the greatness of it. <laughs> so I would vote, and maybe I will write them an email saying that Joe Cocker should have a gold star. Yeah. He was the first person to ever perform there. Yeah. I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah. Um, so, so, okay, I'm at their website. They, um, it looks like their website says they painted them in the summer 2010. So I wonder if they oh. redid it in 2020. Oh. Um, yeah, you know what? They might have. So when they repaint, you know, maybe they like reevaluate, change it up. <laughs> maybe they reevaluate. Maybe. Um, but do you think that anyone ever loses their star? Per- probably. Oh. Joe Cocker does have a star. <gasps> Right oh, now? Thank goodness. Yes. Oh, According good. to their website. I did not see Joe Cocker's star. I didn't either. Okay. 
Um, well, but yes, Joe Cocker, Joe Cocker, first okay. artist. That's first, a really that's a fun fact. I didn't know that. It is a fun fact, and I mean, everyone, a lot of people, a lot of groups. I mean, a lot of musicians. All the most of the greats mm-hmm. have played. I mean, not the Beatles, <laughs> not no. the Rolling Stones, but I mean, throughout the years, pretty much mm-hmm. everyone. Yeah, and usually, often before they're like too big for first half right but like you know they besides prince i mean iggy pop um i saw oh i saw this strange concert they had there it was like uh cheap trick with aerosmith whoa which is I think this is like back when Aerosmith was trying to get back on top mm-hmm. in the 90s, like 1990, uh-huh. or they were uh-huh. on top for a while. I don't know why that yeah. weird, like Janie's got a gun song and all that. Yeah. So fast forward a little bit throughout the seventies, the club's name and then their management kept changing. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, disco became a thing and it became a basically a disco club and it was called, Uncle Sam's. Yep. yep. Uh, this was like in 1980. Um, it was sold to Steve McClellan and Jack Myers and they took it over. Um, and then they slowly made the transition away from disco back to live music. And in 1981, Sam's became First Avenue. All right. So that in the 80s, the club is a regular venue for Prince. He used it as a place to perform, like he's testing new material. And then Mm -hmm. it's the setting of the movie Purple Rain. And I feel like (laughs) there's so much that's been said and reported on Prince and First Avenue. But um, if you watch Purple Rain, a lot of those scenes are the stage. um, Outside. Inside, but then there's some shots outside. Yeah, outside shots. Yep. And uh, the stage, obviously. And um, a lot of those things that you see in that movie are still there today. Mm-hmm. I think that movie was shot in like 83, 84? 84. Okay. Yeah. So, but oh, you wait, know, the checkerboard was... floor, the stage, the curved Art Deco wall, the windows, the darkness, mm-hmm. that's, mm-hmm. that's first Ave. Yeah. And that that essence of it, I feel like it's very much the same. So that's the history. Do you think Prince is haunting First Avenue? (laughs) Maybe it's I I wish. I really, really want him to. Me too. If he's haunting someplace, it's probably Paisley Park. But I wish not. I wish he would go I feel like he should go go back. Well, that's a good Can question. Can they travel? That's a good question. Can they travel? You um, hear a lot about ghosts being like trapped somewhere, but well, maybe he can float back. So Paisley Park would be the obvious choice because it was his <laughs> home and recording studio for so long, but also right. that's where he died. Yep. And it feels like ghosts are always kind of trapped where they died. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I mean, good, good times for him at first yeah. time. And if a you meaning- have a choice, I think yeah. you might choose a meaningful place for him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's another thing that I wonder, like, do ghosts have any say in the matter? 
Can you choose the place that you haunt? Good question. A thinker. Yeah. (laughs) Because I feel like you wouldn't choose to haunt the place you died necessarily. Yeah, that's true. I feel like if you could choose, wouldn't you choose somewhere where you had good times? Yes, I would. So maybe there's no choice in the matter. Uh, so I, I would wish, yeah. I would wish that Prince would haunt first. Yeah, definitely. What? So what paranormal stuff is going on at First <laughs> Avenue? Like what's happening? You know, who's haunting First Avenue? First, what have we heard? First, I will just say, it seems as if it was more activity, more paranormal activity back in the days of mm-hmm. the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s than today. Okay. But things still do happen there, and they mostly happen when after before or after hours. So mm-hmm. the most people who have had paranormal experiences there are the workers Right. Of First Avenue. Although some people that work at First Avenue have had no paranormal activity experience. They've never seen or experienced anything and they've been there for years. And then other people have many, many stories. So um, I will. So a lot of stuff happens in the club. There have been reports of lights going on and off for like half an hour at a time for, for no you know, no reason, like the workers will go and try to find what's happening and there's no one there. Um, there have always been a lot of stories about sounds, um, people laughing, people talking, um, yeah. things, things falling, <laughs> the classic sound of like <laughs> glass breaking, like a bar mm. glass mashing, mm-hmm. but then there's no glass there. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And a lot of it is tied to this story that I tried to, um, I tried to research. I came up empty, but the main story is that sometime in the history of the building, a woman hung herself in one Mm. of the stalls in the women's bathroom on the second floor. I have heard about this. And most of the time it's people say it happened during world war two because the woman was there she discovered she found out that her husband or boyfriend was not returning from the war because he died and she was so distraught that she hung Mm. herself in a stall Mm -hmm. um so the interesting thing about this though is most people who have seen a ghost there it is a woman and she has light brown hair it's long Mm -hmm. and she's wearing a green jacket most often, though, she's described more of as, as a hippie. Mm, okay. So she's got long hair, maybe a green army jacket. Okay. Um, she's been seen by several people. One time um, in the 70s, she was seen in a phone booth. Some people have cla- claimed to see Yeah, there used to the- be a phone booth in. There was a phone inside, booth right? inside. Yep. Yeah, in the lobby area. Well, there was an yep. area downstairs where there were. There were pool tables. There were pool tables, yeah. Some pinball machines later on, video games. And she was seen there after hours. It was like the club was closed, but um, some a worker was waiting for his friend to be finished. And he, he looked over and saw this woman using the phone in the phone booth. Mm. And then when he looked back, 
she wasn't there. Whoa. It's kind of like, who is she calling? <laughs> I don't, yeah. Who is she calling? <laughs> who is she calling? Um, so, so the ghost or the entity, it's not, it's not really, it's not really for sure that there's just one ghost that mm, haunts mm-hmm. this, haunts the club. It, they call it flippy. And mm. I found out <laughs> that it's because it used to flip over bar stools a lot. Whoa. In the seventies and eighties, there's a lot of stories about bar stools being flipped over the railing from the second level onto the main mm-hmm. level or just like being flipped over onto the floor. Mm-hmm. So I think that's how they named the ghost Flippy. <laughs> it's not known if it's the spirit of the woman who committed suicide or a collection of spirits or an mm. energy. Right. Um, it could be separate. Yeah. Yeah. So I think a lot of incidents have been reported in the women's bathroom on the second level, but also in the main room and in the basement of the club mm. where People most often report an evil presence. Ooh, yikes. Like a feeling of being watched. Mm. That was something like that it. came Don't up like over it. and over again. Like it's it's like this heavy presence and you you really feel like you're not alone. Mm-hmm. And there's also the sound of sheep and goats. <gasps> from the stockyard. <laughs> yeah, from the, the ghostly the ghostly animals. Oh boy. That are upset probably that they're being yeah. shipped off to their death. Yeah. That would so, have been a Strange thing to hear in the 70s or 80s if you're in the basement. Well, because there's no, you know, it's right downtown. Like there's no, you know, yeah, there's, there's no nothing, chance, yeah. there's no farms around there. There's no farmland anywhere nope. around. Even though nope. it's Minnesota, there's no farm <laughs> around. So also one there was a woman who was a manager at the club for a long time. And one time she was there at four o'clock in the morning with one other manager and they were listening to music all of a sudden the music went dead mm. there's nothing there and then there was this big noise and she went into the office and the stereo that they've been using to play the music was all the way across the room smashed <gasps> and she is also the woman <laughs> who uh was checking the stalls in the women's bathroom and thought that she saw this woman who had hung herself, um, she said, there's a girl hanging in there and she was going to call the police. But when yeah. she opened the door again, there was nothing there. Oof, terrifying. So, yeah. And this is always in the, I think, the fifth stall. Okay, fifth stall. And we but, don't know, is that fifth stall from the window? We don't know. <laughs> there's a long... I think it's... So, yeah. The bathroom is big and there's a lot of stalls. But there's a whole the bathroom lot. is quite large yep because it used to be for the bus depot Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so there is a shower room in there that is now a closet um it the fifth stall on the side of the wall so on the left side of the room that shared a wall with the record room the vip room um that's no longer there um but that was also said to be haunted it's oh. the same side of the room. Yeah. Um, so oh. there's a lot of these hippie girl <laughs> stories. And um, I think that's the main thing. Things floating, like balloons floating up. Oh, yeah. One set of stairs across a room and then down. 
creepy balloons circulating around the room and almost like going up to people <laughs> which is i mean that's a little tough that one because it's like you, yeah that balloons do that they do they do it's not a weird way for a balloon to act right <laughs> no right so there's a lot of lights going on and off and yeah um like once during the filming of purple rain some workers were paid to watch the club overnight because all of oh. the equipment was in there and mm-hmm. they wanted someone to stay there and the single light kept turning on and off and they kept looking around the club to see like is someone here yeah and then all the lights went huh. off and then the <laughs> lights everywhere went on and off flashing for like half oh an my. hour whoa one of the workers left and left the other guy there. Oh, no, by himself? Yeah. Oh I was God. pretty shocked. I mean, I was shocked by that. I'm like, you can't leave somebody. No, you can't. Right. Safer, right. Safety in numbers. Stay together. Right. So, oh. I mean, I guess you can look at this one of two. Like, some of this stuff could be seen as playful. Like, haha. Mm-hmm. I'm just a playful ghost. Yeah. Playing jokes I'm on flippy. you. I'm yeah, like flippy, like ha I'm like turning lights on and off. Yep. I'm um I'm flipping over bar stools. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm doing my weird balloon stuff. And it's not menacing. And then other people kind of view it as more of like a scary, menacing mm. kind of thing. So we decided to visit First Avenue and we were able to arrange for a private tour with a lovely tour guide named Brian. And our main goal was to check out the club. Yep. Walk around, see what we could see. <laughs> Say hi to the ghost. Yeah. Yep. And Say hi to the ghost. Check out this this bathroom. Yeah. Which seems to be like the epicenter of it all. And we really wanted to see this bathroom for ourselves. in the second floor bathroom at first avenue we're standing in the place where the supposedly the epicenter of it all uh what are your impressions kate what are you feeling right now uh i forgot how big this bathroom is it's huge huge and it uh makes sense because this used to be a bus station right so original you know, needed a lot of bathrooms for travelers. Apparently also had at least one shower mm-hmm. yep. back in the day. Yep. It is huge. Um, there is a window, mm-hmm. so it's not dark. Um, my impression is it's kind of nice in here. It feels nice and cool. <laughs> it's cool. Uh, I think some people who are, believe in ghosts might say that's a cold spot. Mm-hmm. I think it's air conditioning. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the first buildings. One in downtown Minneapolis to have air conditioning. Have air conditioning. Um, I'm just I'm thinking the vibe in here is fine. Yeah. But I guess I'm not in here uh, as the last person to close up for the night. Good point. Okay. So we're gonna do some readings. Okay. We're getting a reading off the very first stall. Okay. But now it went away. I wonder, let's see. 
Let's walk. We're going to walk down this row of stalls. So now we're going down to the third one from the from the end, which is Yeah, we definitely had a reading. We're deaf. Oh, it's. We have a reading. And fifth, num fifth, fifth stall from, from the, the window. From the window. I think that's the one. Getting definitely getting a reading in the fifth stall. Mm. Okay, now we're going to go in the next stall and see what happens. Push. Nothing. I don't. Oh. I don't okay. see anything in the bathroom stall. Yeah. That would be oh. like that could be like transmitting anything, right? Right. The toilet wouldn't. Let's try this one. Oh, unless it's the toilet. Um, <laughs> the flusher. <laughs> Do you think it's that? Oh, because they're automatic flush. Do you think so? I have no idea. Do you think I could do it? I have no idea. Hmm. Getting readings from a lot of these stalls. Maybe it is the automatic flusher. Could be the automatic. Let's try across the way. Let's try over here. Come over to this side. Just see. Oh, we're getting all over this whole room. This whole room. This whole area. a moment of silence in the bathroom um, we're not we've had some we've had some readings but um, nothing else we're just kind of seeing if anybody anything wants to come out and talk to us is anyone here do you want to talk to us Nothing's happening. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I kind of feel like this is just a regular bathroom. <laughs> Except that the reading the um, has been going off periodically. It does in the middle of the room, but it also seems to get active on the left side over by the stalls there. Not particularly one stall over another, maybe, but um, not. Does it happen on the right side? Not really. So, yeah, it does happen on the right. Which, interestingly enough, this is the third stall on the right from the back. But if you're looking this way, it's the left. Um, I'm sitting on the window ledge, looking out. I'm looking out at First Ave, and I gotta say, like you know, I could hang out here and read a book or look out the window with no problem. While we were on our tour, we asked our guide Brian if he'd had any ghosty experiences during the 12 years he's worked at First Avenue, and he told us a story 
about a night several years ago when his then-girlfriend came to pick him up from work at 3 o'clock in the morning. A quick note about the audio here. We're still enthusiastic beginners, and we were up against fans, face masks, and not having the mic quite close enough to Brian. But he's got a good story, so turn up the volume for this portion. For instance, I used to, I used to manage the restaurant, and um, which is technically still part of the, the building that was the garage. The depot? Yeah, the depot okay. restaurant. And, um, so I was working after close. My girlfriend was coming to pick me up, and she, like, there's a couple of, like, clear garage doors in between the street and, like, the bar and all that fun stuff. Because you got to... They keep people out, or they'll just come and take all your liquor. <laughs> um, and so she normally would pull up out there and would hope, like heck, that I had had a decent enough night where I could like be done early, so she didn't have to sit there at three o'clock in the morning waiting for me to be done. Okay. And my coworker was counting the concert tickets because that's when we used to have the uh, tickets in the, the actual file boxes, like physical tickets. You come in and you buy a ticket, and that's how it worked. Um, but she was counting the tickets. I was closing down the bar area and. My girlfriend pulls up outside, and she's, you know, not pleased that she's waiting. So, oh, I guess I'm getting ahead of myself in the story as well, because on the inner garage door, there was, um, like, in one of the glass panels, it sounded like somebody actually slapped something, like, hit it very forcefully, like one of the panes, you know, like okay. an open hand or something like yeah. that. And both my coworker and I, like, were startled by it, but also people walked by downtown and just, you know, hit yeah. the garage doors yeah. with their hands, you know, <laughs> right, people yeah. would have seen that, and it felt like it was on the inside door, because we were at the bar in there, and, uh, so that was interesting and a little startling, you know, just kind of a jump at, like, two thirty, three o'clock in the yeah. morning, it's like, oh my gosh, ah, and got the heart pumping, but then after that, she pulled up and, um, was upset, because, uh, I was, she did, she knew who my coworker was, but she couldn't figure out who the other girl was that was in there with us. And oh, I'm like, wait, what? You know, pointing at the coworker, like, you know her. Like, yeah. you're, we're friends. We're all cool. Everybody's cool, you know? Like, no, 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 not her. The other one, the, the brunette. And she described the person that hangs out and t you're here to talk about in the bathroom. Really? I've never told her that. Like, I mean, the coworker knows and saw what uh -huh. I saw too, but my girlfriend at the time. Would, didn't know about she thought she I didn't tell her that it was she was wrong she still was mad at me because she thought <laughs> that I was lying too blatantly like she, oh she was, okay she's like who is that it's like, yeah I, I couldn't like I, it's like there was no nobody there the coworker doesn't like to talk about that because it's pretty like intense because like my my girlfriend at the time described this person was like leaning over me on my shoulder like looking oh. at what was going on wow. at the bar and she had. She was getting upset. Brown and hair. Was, and a was green she, jacket. Yeah. A green jacket. Yeah, okay, totally. so the green jacket. And she described it. It's not me. Like, and I'm not, like, right. I'm, I'm, the green jacket like, comes up a lot. Yeah, so that was our visit to First <laughs> Avenue. Our, oh. our trip to the bathroom. Um, I would say... That the weirdest thing that happened there was just that you could just be in the middle of the room and the e-reader would be going off. Yes. Yes. And that was Middle weird. of the room. That was weird. Um, we controlled for, like, didn't have anything on my body that would have been setting that sensor off. Yeah. Um, you weren't, 
at the time, I was not close to any toilet sensors. Yeah. Nope. It was going wild. It kept going off. Yeah. It was, there's some debate about what the the reading was. (laughs) Yeah. We didn't know we should probably take a picture of it. Yeah. Till we remember what the reading is. Yeah. I thought it was at eight something. Yeah. I thought it was like a point something. Yeah. That's, that's off the charts. Yep. And it was very active in the stall. Mm-hmm. Very active in the stall where this was supposed to happen, have happened. Yep. But the thing I will say in general, though, I mean, the bathroom to me was not creepy. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. I didn't feel any negative vibes right. anywhere in that building. But I, um, yeah. I do remember being in the bathroom. A decade ago, yeah, and feeling like it was a little more rough. Mm. It had not been renovated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think one important point too is that the stall doors used to shut, even if yes. no one. They used to be shut, even if no one was in them. Yep, creating this situation where at night the workers who were closing would have to go into the bathroom and push <laughs> each stall door open. Uh, yeah, making sure that. No one had like passed out in there or, you know, gotten drunk and, or, you know, or no one was, I guess, hiding there or sleeping or whatever. And that to me is like terrifying, not just because it would be a ghost, but like, who knows what you're going to see when you push open a (sighs) bathroom. I don't even like to push open a bathroom stall at a rest stop or whatever. (laughs) When I'm like, what am I going to see here? Yep. Yep. And in so we weren't able to be in there with the lights off even though it was during the day uh because they installed like an automatic yeah light. so, if you so walk as in, soon as you walk in the lights come sensor. on so that's kind of some of those updates and the bathroom doors are new and they stay mm-hmm. open unless yep. you're in there and push it shut right so they were all open when we were in the room we were not standing in a room with like closed doors there mm-hmm. was one room that used to be a shower Mm-hmm. It's a closet, but that door was locked, but Brian unlocked it for us. Yep. I mean, it's, like a it's, mop, mop it's a closet. mop closet, but yep. not to say something couldn't be living in the mop closet. What were your impressions of the basement? Uh, I mean, basements are just inherently creepy sometimes. He, Brian did show us a door that leads to some tunnels under Minneapolis, which I want to know more about. Um, right. There was an extra creepy door, like a black metal yeah. door yeah. that he unlocked for us. And they used to keep all the merch back there. Yeah. Um, so you'd have to go in there to get merch. Yep. And uh, it, it was... did seem like it could have been like a great torture chamber, <laughs> which yeah. I kind of wonder why you wouldn't just renovate yeah. that yeah. Um, space. Does it need to look like, you know, prisoners were held there? Right. Could it we yeah, kind of like make it a little like, more cheerful? Kind of like a dirty brick area mm-hmm. with like crumbling. Yep. It was well lit when you turn yeah, the lights on. It was well lit. I think to your point about most of those, most people that have experienced something have been there after hours. I mean, it's a whole, that's got to be a whole different vibe when you're there. You're there by yourself or you're there with one other person and you're, you're yes. cleaning up or it's extra quiet because there's no... There's no music going on. Yes. More, more right for. I mean, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to close first Avenue 
by myself, but nope. that's for a lot of reasons. I mean, that's more for the living than the dead. Like who <laughs> living is like hanging out here waiting, yeah, you know, to jump me in the dark more than a ghost. <laughs> right. Right. But I think and the like, chances. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, if you, if you're at a club at four in the morning and you've been working all night, I feel like it's, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty easy to see how you might interpret some things that you wouldn't like in a way that you wouldn't during the day. Yeah. Your Let's imagination say, might get carried your away. Your imagination. Yeah. Although, I mean, I respect all the stories. If, you know, if anyone has had a, a paranormal experience at First Avenue, yeah. like I, I respect it. Yeah. Um, I wonder if we stayed there overnight by oh ourselves or something would happen. I mean, we were there, you know, for yeah. the short amount of time. During um, the day. Right. During the um, day. Yeah. That Other would be pretty around. freaky. Just to wrap things up, like how did you, what's your, what's your takeaway about First Avenue and its ghosts? (laughs) Uh, It was so cool to be able to visit that space. Yes. Um, But I did not feel any, other than the EMF reader going off. Right. um, I didn't feel any negative vibes. Right. um, Or like there was an evil presence at all. Okay. Me either. But the stories I find very compelling. Mm, yes. And those are consistent, um, kind of the same thing seen and heard from multiple yes. people. Multiple yes. The very consistent, which is what, yeah, which is pretty interesting. It's always the lights or it's the bar stools yep. or it's the hippie woman or it's the, the goats and the sheep in the basement. And the evil presence of being watched. Those are all like very consistent things. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty interesting, I think. It's time for How Ghosty Did They Keep It? <laughs> this is a feature. This will be a feature on each of our episodes where we rate how many ghosts out of five ghosts do one we to think. Five. One to five. How Ghosty did this location keep it? A one ghost rating would be not, not scary at not all. Not scary. You'd be fine staying there, maybe overnight. Yeah. Maybe by there yourself. aren't a lot. Oh my gosh, by yourself. Yeah, one Five ghost go- is <laughs> one ghost is I'm fine here alone. I think. Okay, I like it. One ghost, fine here alone. Five ghosts is I, I can't even I can't even stand it. Yep. I gotta had leave. to leave. Maybe I had to leave in the, the middle of the night or had to leave immediately. Right. Five ghosts is I'm my blood is like cold. <laughs> Oof! yikes. <laughs> okay, what are you giving First Avenue? I'm giving First Avenue two ghosts. I was also going to give it two ghosts. I think they're keeping it ghosty at two ghosts. I, I don't know how comfortable I'd feel being there overnight, but I'd probably be okay. Oh, um, wait, what do you think? one ghost is alone. Would you be comfortable there alone? No, not alone. No. Oh, two ghosts? I'd stay there ghosts. alone with you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> two ghosts? You would stay alone with another No. Per- 
No. Oh, I thought two ghosts is you would stay with someone else. With somebody else. Okay. All right. And sure. you kind of feel like the story. I my rating is based on the stories are pretty good. The stories yeah. are scary. Yep. But not so evil. You could not stand. Obviously, could not stand being there. And I've never heard of anything happening while a show was going on. So I feel like right, right. You'd be safe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd be safe there during a show. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Our rating <laughs> for how ghosty first Avenue is keeping it is two, two ghosts. ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. For photos from this episode, including the bathroom, follow us on Instagram at keepitghosty. If you want to send us a question, comment, or recommendation, we would love to hear from you. Our email is keepitghosty at gmail.com. That's K-E-E-P-I-T-G-H-O-S-T-Y. All one word. Until next time, keep, keep it, it ghosty. ghosty. Dance us out, Katie.